Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin back for our second installment of the Best Man Speech Podcast. Speaking quietly for a couple reasons. Number one, I am recording this at work on the old lunch break uh, because our buddy is coming up, Roy Barnum. He has a newborn baby. He and his wife just had their, I believe, their first child. I haven't talked to Roy in a while. But Roy is now uh, you know, unable to talk at night, so really lunch break's the only chance he gets to have conversations such as this. So as we've talked about before, the filibuster freestyle is doing a thing, a little side project called the Best Man Speech Prod Podcast. And the first guest we had on was our buddy Parker Barnum. If you're listening well, you realize that Parker and Roy have the same last name. So what you should do is listen to the first episode in which Parker tells a story of how his twin brother, Roy, who is our next guest, gave an all-time, all-time best man speech at Parker's wedding. So if you're going to have one of the twins on, you got to have the other twin on. So we're going to hit the theme music, and then we're going to hear from Roy Barnum himself, my buddy, soon to be yours, on the filibusterfreestyle.com presentation of... The Best Man Speech Podcast. Thanks. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, our buddy Roy Barnum has joined us on the filibuster freestyles. New spinoff, the Best Man Speech Podcast. Roy, first of all, what's up, man? What's up, Gav? How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. First of all, congratulations to you and your wife on your lovely new baby. How's that going? Let's talk about that really quickly. So Charlotte was born on a beautiful Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. It was uh, November 3rd, 3.08 p.m. She was 6 pounds, 11 ounces, 20 inches long, and now... As of two days from now, she's going to be six weeks old already. The time, I have no idea where it's gone. She's super healthy. She's super great. She's she's smiling. She is, I think she wants to learn to walk, but she's got to go a couple of months <laughs> before that happens. And yeah, let's sit that one up for a few plays, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, she's great. It's awesome being a dad. It's, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do is have kids, and now I finally get to do it, so. Well, congrats, man. Super pumped about that, yeah. Congrats. And for, and for those listening, uh, Roy may sound a lot like our last guest, who is his twin brother, Parker Barnum. And for those of you who are listening sequentially, uh, Roy was touted by his twin brother as giving a phenomenal speech at Parker's wedding. So in true filibuster freestyle fashion, the crack research team was able to locate Roy in quick form and allow Roy a chance to just actually share about his process, take us through the story of the best man speech he gave that his brother... And by the way, let's just talk about being twins really quickly, Roy. I would say that Parker... Well, who do you think is more chagrined about the success of each brother? Because Parker always likes to say that you're 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 the younger you're the older one, but he was conceived first. So there's a little bit of a twin thing. So how's he how important how important was it to you to lay down the gauntlet as his best man first? Well, considering he got married two months before me, yep. it was extremely important for me to just go over and above anything that he could ever even imagine mm-hmm. and kind of how why I wanted to do that so our sister got married 
um, probably 10 years ago now. And so we've both, Park and I have both been married for two years each. Um, when I was a lot younger, I wasn't the best kind of <clears throat> speaker, didn't really prepare anything at all, just kind of had an idea. Mm-hmm. So I went up there and just kind of blew it, did a horrible job. I said, all right, you know, thanks everyone for being here. And, you know, hope we can do this again sometime. <laughs> Something to that store. It was, it was a little bit longer than that, but it was horrible. And then, so I went first and then Parker said, all right, well, I'll be a little bit more eloquent than that in true LPB style yes. as he would say something. So that always really bothered me. Mm. The fact that I didn't do a very good job and I always sold myself, you know what, when he gets married, the next time around I'm going to have an opportunity to do this, I am going to just blow it out of the water. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of happy that we're talking about this because now I get to share it with everybody else who wasn't actually there. Exactly. So, how it all started. So, being twins, of course, we've known each other since we were in the womb. And I knew, you know, whenever each of us got married, we were going to be each other's best man. So, he was my best man, I was his best man. And, of course, being able to give the speech and knowing that years prior, it kind of gave me a little bit of crap about not doing such a good speech. So, what I did, so I always had this idea that that was going to be the first part of my speech, is kind of mention that because. Yes, yeah, so you got you to you say, hey, 10 years ago, eight years ago, I screwed this up, but now I'm back. I like that. Exactly. So, checking out different ways, being, being in a couple different weddings or seeing how people did speeches, um, I saw someone, he had actually just rolled up a piece of paper. And when he started doing his speech, he kind of held it up above his head and let it drop. I was like, oh, cool. It's kind of like a scroll. (laughs) So I have all this bamboo in my yard. So what I did is I actually cut down some of the bamboo and took some old construct or took some construction paper. And so I made a actually a real scroll. I took three long construction papers long. Um, I taped them to (laughs) or actually super glued the bamboo to it. And then also, so what you can do to age the paper a little bit is you can actually wet a tea bag and sponge on the mm, paper. So that way it actually looks like it's been, the paper's been aged a little bit. So I did three of those long and actually written, so before I wrote down in a, uh, you know, kind of just on random sheets of paper, just little notes that I wanted to put on and you know, wrote out a full speech for him on this paper. So when I started off, I got the microphone and I said, for all of you that remember, you know, years ago when Lee got married, Lee's our sister, you know, I didn't do such a great job. And, you know, I gave him the whole story that I just said here. Yep. You know, Parker said that I'll be a little bit more eloquent. So then I took this scroll at the back of my pocket <laughs> and I did, and I dropped it. And I said, so now here's my chance to outdo him. <laughs> so I made a joke at the beginning to say, I found this ancient artifact. It was unearthed talking about um, how Parker and Megan were going to meet. And mm. Started off just saying you know, how we've known each other. You know, I've known each you know, Parker for my entire life, and then went to something like right over a billion seconds, and I actually gave the exact uh, number. I don't mm. remember what it was now, but it was. I had a pretty good idea of what time it was going to be, so I gave right down to pretty much the exact second since we had been born. Wow. 
and then kind of took it from there, just adding in just little jokes about Parker's, you know, stuff from us growing up to, you know, the way, you know, he is, how we were both, uh, you know, competitors growing up, how Parker likes to read, how, you know, just all the little things like that. So then I had a nice, you know, it was probably about half, two thirds of the speech. And then I turned it back in. So talking about like just him and then our relationship and then turned it all around to how he and Megan met and how we knew that they were going to be a good fit moving forward. And then at the end of it, the way I kind of left it off was, all right, so now I'm getting married in two months. Now try to you know, beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and just throughout the whole thing, I put in some just some jokes for it, stuff that I knew was going to be funny. And there were also a couple of things which were actually, I thought were going to be a little bit more serious, but the crowd ended up laughing at it anyway. And just the reception, just, you know, it was a very large reception to the wedding. So everyone knew Parker, they've known us for decades and years and, you know, kind of knew that we were twins. So it was just, it was a lot of fun to, like you said, throw down the gauntlet to him and just have that competitive part to it as well. So, I mean, he loved it. He thought it was funny. Our sister Lee actually got really a little upset because she's like, where was that for my wedding? (laughs) Why couldn't you do that? And so you do it right for him. And so I was, I was pumped to be able to do it. And it actually, so like I said, I had written down down a couple of notes, but it literally took me the flight from New York to Chicago to write the whole thing out. And it was probably, you know, a 10-minute speech, something like that. But, you know, knowing him for so long, obviously my entire life, it was just, in being my twin, it was such, so easy to write a good speech, just knowing exactly what it is. I know a lot of people sometimes have, they always want to say the right things, but it all came from the heart. And I really think that's, that was the most important part. And knowing that I wanted to get not necessarily back at him to make sure that he knew that I went over and above the call of duty to give his speech so that he was going to have to do the same for me. Right. Which is good. And I think honestly, just going out to people who might be listening to this or someone like myself, who's preparing to give a second speech, like 16 years later, we've all gone to a lot of weddings in between like early twenties and, and into the, into the thirties, you know? And so you can get better to anybody out there, even if you gave a clunker. And even if for you, Roy, I mean, most of your sister's guests were going to be Parker's guests. So they all got to see the growth too. So I think not only did you lay down the gauntlet for Parker, but also every, a lot of people in the room knew what you what you were or weren't able to do as a younger guy. And so I think that's cool to see and kind of get the last word there. Have you ever been a best man before or, or since or before Parker's wedding or was that your one shot? So I was in, I was the best man actually at a month, at a wedding the month later. Ooh, so you were like doubling up. I, we had three weddings in two months. So it was Parker's wedding, my best friend Dan's wedding, and then mine. So Wow. Yeah, so boom, boom, boom. A lot of traveling, right, especially right before ours. So you went double best man into groom role and three weddings in a row. That is true. That is right. That's amazing because, you know, Parker and I were talking, and we'll get back to best man speeches in a minute, but about weddings we've been to as, like, the plus one and how relaxing that is slash how weird that can be. Like, if you went to a wedding eight years ago and you don't date that person anymore or you were just going with a friend and you're like, I wonder what ever happened to that couple, <laughs> you know, like, did they make it? Did they not make it? I have no idea. But like mm-hmm. in these, in this particular case, you had a trifecta of 
super responsible for your twin and for making up for your sister's, you know, thing eight years earlier, then your buddy Dan, and then your own, which obviously is important to you. So talk about, did, did doing Parker's make doing Dan's easier or was it harder because he obviously wasn't your twin brother? So it was easy, but difficult in a different way. Okay. Because when so Dan's my best friend. We've been best friends basically since our freshman year of college. So roughly at that point, half our lives. And I've known Parker for double that, obviously. Yep. So it was just a different kind of speech. So with Parker's, you know, being a twin, you're being very competitive, everything. You know, I was going to be just super excited for him to be married and for him to take that next step in his life. And just knowing what they're doing right now is great. Being the best man for your best friend, yeah. I think it's just a little bit different and it's a little bit more, so I was a little bit more <clears throat> kind of sentimental, mm. I'd say, with my best friend, like kind of talking about like how we met, how we joked around. It was funny, my best friend now, he wasn't my best friend, obviously, when we first met, but he actually, we played football together, and I broke my wrist. Yeah. And ended up having to have surgery and a cast on for months of because we hit each other during practice, you know, for practice stuff. So it was after that we became best friends. And it was kind of because I had all that, you know, I've completely messed up my wrist and hand that we became best friends. So going through that part and then just the years after, you know, it was a little bit more, uh, I got, a, again, got a little bit more sentimental with doing my best friends. Got it. That man speech as opposed to Parker's best man speech. But it was all the same thing again. It did the whole scroll, wrote it up, and just was, you know, told a lot kind of like the sentimental stories of how we met and then, you know, knowing his wife now, um, being around right around the time when they met also. So it was definitely a good time. And, you know, being the best man is quite, is such an honor. Yeah. You know, whether it is a family member or whether it's a really good friend, you know, whoever it is, like you, your job is to make sure that they are going to, like, when you get married, it's the best day of your life. When you have a kid, that's the next best day of your life. Mm-hmm. When you're getting married, it's such an important thing for the best man to just, again, make sure that the, the groom is going to have the best time of their life up to that day. Right. And make sure they're all prepared, you know, all the back end stuff, like all you, all the groom needs to worry about is getting married. Have the best man or all the rest of the party, just make sure that everything else is going smooth. And then it's your job to give that speech. And people remember that speech. And you want to, you want people to remember your speech, not because of you and what you said, but for what you said about them, mm-hmm. and about your best friend, or about your brother, you know, about those sorts of things. Because this is, it's in a very, it's an emotional, it's, it's the next, it's kind of what we're here to do, get married and then start families, stuff like that. So this is kind of leading that person into that, you know, this is, let me talk about you and your your single life before you're getting married. Now you're going to take that next next step into being your married life. Yeah, for sure. Hey, now what? Let me ask you this about the you know working in things about the bride. Obviously, it's the bride's day. Um, yeah. Too, but also some would say objectively, it's the bride's day. Period. You know what I mean? And and I think a, a lot of us can agree with the fact that if she has a bad time or a not good time, that's a big problem. So. Um, how, how did you work e- either of those two brides into your speech? Um, you know, what, what do you think people should look to do in that particular situation? Any advice there? Yes. Always work the, the girl, the, the, the wife, the bride-to-be, or the bride, 
into the speech. I think that's super important because, again, you're like I said, you're, you're doing the speech for them to bring them into married life. Yes. So the bride is the other half of that. So you want to make sure that, you know, I always like to touch on kind of how they met and my first interaction and really what mm. the bride does for the groom. Like yes. how, how you feel like they're important to their growth, their life, them moving forward. And you know, maybe you can add in a little joke here and there. But what I've what I've always done, I guess the two times that I've done it, but it was always a more um, kind of a serious side of it. Yes. Not serious into the fact where it's, you know, super serious, but just a more... I guess, um, I don't know the exact word to say about it, but instead of kind of the joking that I would do for Parker and Dan, it was, uh, you know, you are the reason you, you're a great person for whoever you're marrying. And, you know, thank you for coming into that person's life because this, you know, it's important for them. And I wish you both the best of luck moving forward. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's important. A lot of people do say it's the bride's day and everything, but it's both of your days. Like having gone through it, you know, it was a couple of years ago. I wanted to make sure that Ashley, my own wife, she was extremely happy, loved every single part of the day. And we planned every little aspect of our wedding, too. Yep. Uh, but I can say it was very important for me to make sure that she was she had a great day and other brides have a great day. But it's, you know, it's the groom's day. Also, it's both of your days. For sure. Yeah. That, the idea of it is that you're becoming a family at yeah. that point. You're no longer separate. You're one. Yeah, and I would say with the bride thing, what I think I've seen the best of is if you're going to roast anybody, roast the groom a little bit because he chose you and and leave any roasting of the bride to like their family members or their maid of honor because not a place you want to go. Now, a funny anecdote maybe on how you met or when you... I agree with that. Yeah, when she was the one. Like a funny anecdote's one thing, but yeah, a joke... A joke is not something, in my opinion, you want to do unless you know it's going to hit. And, like, with her. Like, she better be yeah. laughing the hardest or it's not worth saying. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts Definitely. on – this is something your brother and I touched on. The <laughs> – do you have any – as a guest of a wedding, um, clearly not your own because I don't think Parker did this, but um, – <laughs> Do you agree with the idea that the, the best man should only reference, I'm not going to tell that story, the, 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 you know, the, the obligatory, we've done some crazy capers uh, once. You get one of those, I'm not going to tell this story, but if you say it more than once, you're taking away from your speech. Do you feel similar to that or do you, do you even have strong thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I never, I mean, you're there to, you both know those crazy stories that you've been through and a lot of your friends they've been they were there for that story or they've heard it the number of times and the wife or the bride may have heard it as well Uh, i stayed away from that type of stuff yes unless it was not unless it was like a funny story or really awesome or cool story but not like one of those oh remember when we did that crazy thing no i I stayed away from that stuff because again it's like you don't want to you can tell those jokes as much as you want. You can tell them on the side or at yes. family parties to come, but at the wedding, you know, you want to tell an awesome story. Like, yeah, that was probably the best thing we ever did. And I don't know, similar to you know, when we went skydiving together or we all went out to that really awesome party or that really awesome concert, like something like that. Um, but like that's a crazy story. No, I'd stay away from that. Yeah, exactly. All right, so last couple things. Number one, if you get asked to do this again, are you going to use a scroll? Is that your thing? Yeah. 
Hell yeah. I love it. I love that you did it like a month or two <laughs> later. And it sounds like it's working for you. So good for you, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I've done it twice already, and both times have been a hit. So they always say a third time's the charm. So let's do it again. And then if I have to do it again after that, I will. And I know I'm going to have to do it for my kids' weddings. So I will definitely do it for them. Fantastic. Um, okay. What did you. So Parker fully and readily admitted that, you know, in the years that passed between like Trevor's wedding and your wedding, obviously. One, he learned some things, and, and not that he would do things differently or whatever, but he, he fully admitted that his speech was directly affected by the fact that you got to throw the hammer down first. So knowing that you did that and kind of painted him into a box where he probably couldn't come back from that, how did you, th- how did you think he did? What did you like about how he was able to pivot to like whatever he did? Well, he only did pieces of paper. <laughs> So already he lost. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the arts and crafts, I'll give him a I'll give him a three on arts and crafts nice. for that part of it. Nice. But as far as touching on you know the actual speech that it was, I give him a ten. Fantastic. Definitely sorry, I gotta give him a nine point nine. Mine was a ten. Right, right. You can only have one ten, correct? That's correct. This one goes no, to eleven. He, he did a, he did a great job, and he was. You know, he gave a from the heart type of speech, threw in a lot of jokes, you know, threw in a lot of funny stuff that, you know, we had done. And, you know, people, again, like you said, we talked about those jokes that he and I would know and the friends would know and that really went over as a hit. And then touching on, you know, how special Ashley was to me and then becoming part of the family and everything. So, yeah, he hit it out of the park, too. Gotcha. All right. Let me get let me leave you on this. I mean, we'll catch up for a few after we finish recording here, but. This is yeah. more of a wedding planning and or a wedding guest experience thing. I want you to, to, to let, let, give me your thoughts on the importance in your mind of the following. Um, band or DJ, do you care very much or no? So I got a DJ, but he was also a singer. Mm. Interesting. Yes. yes, he sang everything from Marvin Gaye to Billy Joel to, yeah. He did. He did everything. So he did. He did the blues. He did Frank Sinatra. He did a little bit of everything, and then he was a great DJ as well. Oh wow! So he would play the music and do the singing, and then then obviously play actual tracks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. And then in terms of um, how would you rate these, whether you guys did them or not? But would you rather a over the top uh, cocktail hour in terms of heavy hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that, or? Or open bar, or both? We did both. Nice. We did both. We had uh, bacon wrapped scallops. Got to do that, right? We had uh, mac and cheese bites. We had, you know, just a, a little bit of everything. Deviled eggs. You know, all the, like, pigs in a blanket. All the different, like, little bites and everything. And what was even funnier is that we... Uh, we drove around and did pictures and we also went home to you know, take pictures with our dog as well so we ended up taking an extra half hour or so so the cocktail hour ended up being closer to two hours and the, the <laughs> place we used was great it was you know open bar plus open hors d'oeuvres the entire time and so everyone fantastic we were happy with the food and the guests were even happier with the way we did everything yeah i would say this if you're gonna try to buy an extra hour, it, it definitely is at the cocktail hour. And if you do it yeah. right, and you start, you said the exact thing you needed to say, which was you had me at scallops and bacon, right? That's yeah. That is like the wedding um, 
cocktail hour staple. And if you want to do one thing right during your cocktail hour, this is for everybody out there. I think scallops wrapped in bacon is a good way to go. A good way to start. An open bar clearly is a great way to start, too. So Everyone loves You get the seafood. You get the bacon. Everyone loves bacon. Everyone loves seafood. Well, mostly everyone loves seafood. But when you put them together, that's the day you're never going to forget. There's just something about it, right? It's just something about it's mm-hmm. like It's like you, you uniting two great families, two great people, and two great things to eat at once. It's unbelievable. Which is exactly like a wedding. Exactly. It's like the perfect wedding snack. All right, Roy, anything else in terms of do's or don'ts for best men out there who might be looking to write a speech or have we covered, you think, the, the, the things we needed to cover? Yeah, and this should be kind of something you would know, um, best man going forward, but just as now that I'm a parent, so I can say parent stuff to people, yep. don't drink too much before you give your speech. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think... Um, what would you say? Like, what would you say? Like, get like maybe like a, a, a nice little like maybe one one beer, one and a half beers in type of a, of a nice little buzz going or what? Well, I guess it depends on on the guy what you can, what you can handle. But if you're slurring your speech, then you're, <laughs> yeah. you're going to embarrass yourself. Correct. So I like so it. So don't do that. Have as much as you think you can handle. Yep, and I probably stay away from any type of hard alcohol. Um, never do no tequila and probably no shots till after it's done right exactly as you're done when you're finishing up you can do that usually you do a little toast at the end anyway oh yeah give a toast at the end just you know make everyone either stand or raise their glasses and give the bride and groom a toast and then when you finish up make sure you give them both a hug Give him a hug. See, there you go. That's really good stuff. I wouldn't have thought about that. Um, mm-hmm. All right, Roy, stick around for a minute. We will continue to catch up. Everybody else, it's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle, filibusterfreestyle.com. We'll be putting this one up in our new special Best Man Speech podcast section of the website. Roy Barnum, uh, thank you for completing our Barnum double double dip to start this podcast off, man. Thanks for being on. You home. got it, buddy. Pleasure to be here. No doubt. Thank you, buddy.